Welcome to ChemLine, inside the chemical distribution industry. I'm your host, Eric Beyer. Each episode, we will take on topics that you need to know as they relate to the chemical distribution industry and how they could affect your business and even your everyday life. Chemicals play an important role in modern civilization. Tune in to dig into the hindrances and helpers ensuring chemicals are distributed safely and efficiently wherever they might be needed. Let's get to today's story. Welcome to ChemLine, inside the chemical distribution industry. I'm your host, Eric Beyer. Today's topic has recently been front page news across the globe. This morning, growing concern about the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. So far, we know that about 50 cars derailed in that crash Friday. Vinyl chloride was slowly released into the air and residents in the surrounding areas were evacuated. Tonight, emergency crews desperately trying to get control of a potentially deadly situation with a controlled detonation. For three days, warning residents the burn. In eastern Ohio, residents have been on edge for more than a week following an explosive train derailment and a toxic chemical leak. Evacuation orders have been lifted and the all clear has been given. But in East Palestine, a small community of about 5,000 people on the Pennsylvania border, that's done little to calm anxiety. On February 3rd, a Norfolk Southern train consisting of 150 rail cars, including 20 cars transporting hazardous materials, derailed in East Palestine, Ohio. The derailment started a fire which caused several tank cars housing vinyl chloride, a dangerous hazardous substance, to become very hot. To avoid a possible explosion, the Ohio Environmental Protection Agency and Norfolk Southern initiated a controlled release of as much as 1.1 million tons of vinyl chloride into the atmosphere. This controlled release required the evacuation of residents within a one mile by two mile area surrounding the derailment and led to the death of an estimated 3,500 aquatic wildlife. This derailment and its extreme health, safety, and environmental impacts have caused additional attention to be paid to rail safety from regulators, Congress, and the railroad industry. New safety advisories, safety plans, and proposed legislation are among the efforts taken following the East Palestine derailment to improve rail safety. So, how did we get here? Let's start from the beginning and discuss why our industry moves chemicals by rail in the first place. Here is NACD member Matt Brainerd, CEO and Chairman of Brainerd Chemical Company, with more. So, two reasons why. Safety for American citizens because 2.2 million rail car shipments are transported safer than 10 million truck shipments. And according to the U.S. Bureau of Transportation Statistics, truck-related hazardous materials incidents caused over 16 times more fatalities from 1975 to 2021. And according to the Federal Railroad Administration, rail transportation of hazardous materials in the United States is recognized to be the safest land-based method of moving large quantities of chemicals over long distances. Also safer for our chemical plant operators who are only required to connect and disconnect 2.2 million rail car tankers rather than 10 million truck tankers. And the second reason is rail rate cost savings versus truck rates over long distances. And the cost savings not maintaining highway infrastructure because there are 10 million fewer trucks on the highways. 
Matt remarks that the railroad-shipper relationship is in a concerning state, and he feels that shippers are captive to the effects of railroad consolidation and PSR implementation, or precision scheduled railroading. Meanwhile, the chemical industry makes up 8% of all U.S. rail traffic, and this number is growing at an annual rate of 3.8%. But more importantly to the railroads, the transport of chemicals accounts for about $10.5 billion of annual U.S. rail revenue. That's approximately 15% of total gross railway company revenue. Chemical distributors depend on freight rail to deliver the raw materials needed to process, formulate, and distribute products essential to Americans' everyday health and safety. This includes critical chemicals used in the agricultural and food, energy, water treatment, electronics, paints and coatings, cleaning products, and pharmaceutical sectors. So, who addresses rail service issues when they emerge? Enter the Surface Transportation Boards, or STB, Rail Shipper Transportation Advisory Council, or RSTAC. The RSTAC provides advice on regulatory, policy, and legislative matters as appropriate to the STB board members, the Secretary of Transportation, the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation, and the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. We caught up with NACD member Rich Erstad, Vice President, General Counsel, and Secretary of Hawkins, Inc., and current member of RSTAC, to discuss his role in the committee and what he hopes to achieve during his time serving on the RSTAC. I am a lawyer by training, so I came into the chemical industry about 15 years ago, and in my role, kind of got involved in more regulatory issues. Began working with NACD on regulatory matters and others, a company. When there would be issues with rail, I would get involved with that, trying to solve them and hearing a lot of complaining about rail service over the years. And then an opening came up with one of the former, well, still an active member of NACD, but uh, was on our stack in the past. He recommended me and you know, we kind of worked through that and was recently appointed. So I've only been to one meeting so far, still pretty new to it. I think that from my perspective, you know, a lot of the other members of our stack, there are some of the big rail shippers, uh, short line railroads, other shippers, but they tend to be much larger companies or ones that are different from us. And at my first meeting, I think what hit me was how little focus there was on what I view as good old fashioned customer service, product getting to people when they want it, how they want it. A lot of talk about efficiency and how things are moving and how everything's flowing on the rail, but not a lot of talk about the details of the product coming in. To us, we tend to be you know, smaller companies receiving these things or smaller amounts of product. So I really want to be talking to them and making sure they're hearing about rail service issues and what that means. And I look at it like an old fashioned company that you order something, you expect it's going to arrive on time. And I'm not sure that the railroads even think along those lines. I think that, you know, historically the railroads were kind of set up as monopolies. They've acted like monopolies. They kind of have their own lingo. They've got their own way of viewing the world. And I think that they just don't understand the critical nature. I mean, if we need a rail car in, we need it in. And if it gets bogged down because of something or cars will come into a yard, we think it's coming in to be delivered the next day and now it's going on some route that's taking it across half the country before it comes back a week and a half later. They need to be better at actually servicing and I plan to be talking to them more about those issues and want to share more of those issues about real customer service. But things just keep getting worse and rail customers have long felt the effects of deterioration of service 
Rich believes that the biggest issue is lack of communication and customer service. Here he is with more on that. We just had an issue that's been flooding on the upper Mississippi River in St. Paul, where we have some of our terminals bringing in rail. And we were anticipating that there was going to be some shutdown on rail shipments because of the flooding, but the railroad never told us. We found out after they had already stopped sending cars into us from one of the local shortline railroads. So yeah, the railroad stopped this a couple days ago. They didn't put it on the website, didn't send us an email. To me, it comes down to the lack of that fundamental customer service in communication, just making this work because we end up spending more time on people chasing things down, getting answers or trying to anticipate things. We end up spending more money on infrastructure because some cases we've had to extend our rail spurs. We can take in more cars when they get bunched together. Sometimes we've had to put in more storage because we have to be able to weather those ups and downs from that unreliable rail service. So while Wall Street has been happy with the railroad's performance, they've really shifted some of that expense on us because they're saving costs, but now we have to incur costs by increasing rail spurns and storage in some cases. One of the main factors that has contributed to the deterioration of rail service, and one that NACD has been outspoken in our opposition of, is PSR. This system has reduced the rail workforce by nearly 30% over the last six years, according to the Government Accountability Office, or GAO. It's led railroads to nearly double the length of their trains since 2011, which has placed additional safety responsibilities on a declining workforce, and resulted in inconsistent deliveries, extended transit times, and dramatically increased use of embargoes, which have prevented the timely delivery of essential products, as well as unfair detention and demerge charges to shippers for rail delays beyond their control. As far back as 2019, GAO and the Federal Railroad Administration have previously made recommendations to railroads for essential improvements to prevent future derailments and enhance safety measures for its workers and the communities it runs through. It's clear that freight rail service will continue to decline unless some wholesale changes take place in the industry. Drastic rail employee reductions combined with the increasing length of trains and lack of the industry to prioritize its workforce should cause concern for any business. This is why we at NACD believe it's time to get freight rail back on track with a stable workforce and improved service by listening to the rail worker issues and making changes. Earlier this year, I joined Senators Bernie Sanders and Mike Braun on Capitol Hill to call for greater oversight of these practices and for railroads to provide common sense paid sick leave for their workforce. In my view, if the industry can afford to spend over 20 billion on stock buybacks and hand out huge dividends to their wealthy shareholders, they can afford to provide rail workers with at least seven paid sick days. It turns out that that view is shared by some of the railroad's major business customers who are seeing a decline in the service that they are receiving and that they need. Let me quote from a recent op-ed by Eric Bayer, the president and CEO of the National Association of Chemical Distributors, who wrote an op-ed entitled, Railroads Should Give Workers the Benefits They Seek. And here's what Mr. Bayer wrote. And again, this is a business organization that wants to make sure that their product is delivered 
on the railroads in a reasonable period of time and on schedule. And Mr. Byer writes, quote, to say the paid sick leave policy for rail workers is woefully inadequate would be an understatement. The negotiated agreement does not include any significant measures to improve quality of life issues. Rail workers today have zero time allotted to them by their freight rail employers for sick leave. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, private sector workers receive seven to eight days of sick leave per year. A fragile and volatile supply chain requires a strong rail network. Now is not the time to deny reasonable benefits for a labor community that has been decimated by losses in recent years. It's time for the freight industry to right this wrong and get rail back on track, end of quote. It's unacceptable that rail companies continue to use a system that lines shareholder pockets while causing nationwide service disruptions. It's long overdue for reform. So where are we now? Here with more on how the association advocated for rail reform is NACD Senior Director of Legislative Affairs, Brian Callahan. So many NACD member companies rely on rail service to receive their bulk products via rail. So having reliable rail service is really important and something that we've been advocating for for many years. There are products that get shipped only on rail like chlorine and that we don't have alternative methods of shipping. So this is a really important issue to our members. And our members have been dealing for years with inconsistent service, late deliveries, extended transit times, all sorts of different challenges to getting their product delivered. So this is something we've been focused on for a while. Our goal really is to see improvements in service for our members and for shippers more broadly. We've done a number of things in the recent years. We've had NACD member companies who have testified before the Surface Transportation Board. So there was a hearing in April of 2022 where we had an NACD member testify about the different challenges that they were dealing with in terms of receiving product via rail. And our goal really is to see improvements in service. That's something we've been working on for a while. We were also outspoken at the end of 2022 during the threat of a rail strike. We were both active in saying that a strike would be devastating to the chemical industry. But we were also saying that worker job satisfaction matters. So if workers are leaving the industry, we know our members are only going to see decreases in service. Rail legislation has been introduced, but what are the main issues and concerns NACD is hoping will be addressed? Well, yeah, there has been legislation introduced. Really, this has come in the wake of the incident in East Palestine, Ohio. There's a renewed focus on rail safety in addition to service improvements. And we've been really actively engaging with Congress on this legislation. Our hope is that they will pass a bill that addresses inspections. That's a big thing because once we turn over our product to the railroads, we have no operational control over what happens to it. So products travel thousands of miles across the country. It's completely up to the railroads to move the products safely. So our products are completely in their hands. And it's really important that the workers have the time to be able to conduct inspections on the cars as they're moving across the country. We're also interested in more oversight into how the railroads put together their trains. It's standard now for there to be 150 or 200 cars on some of these trains. And we're really interested in making sure that they put the cars together in a way that is not going to lead to increased derailments and again, lead to challenges with our product. 
So NACD has been really engaged with Congress on rail safety issues, and in particular on a bill called the Railway Safety Act. This is bipartisan legislation that was introduced by the senators from Ohio and Pennsylvania, the communities that were impacted by the East Palestine disaster. We've been in particular working very closely with Senator J.D. Vance's office to tell them the things that we liked about the Railway Safety Act and to offer improvements. The main obstacles remain that the biggest and most powerful companies in the world that have been around for more than 100 years have access to policymakers and the public, so it can be a challenge to counteract their messaging. Brian says that these corporations will tell people the rail has never been safer and dismiss all the issues we say are going on. Our members and most shippers via rail are captive customers. The railroads are basically a monopoly at this point, and our members don't really get to pick and choose from the railroads as to what railroad they use. So they're at the mercy of the railroad, both to deliver the products on time and to deliver them safely. We hope you learned a lot in this episode and will continue to follow along as NACD advocates for rail reform. We cannot take a passive approach to rail safety any longer. It's long overdue for comprehensive reforms to be made to improve rail safety and service. Thank you for tuning in to Chemline. If you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on social media at at the National Association of Chemical Distributors on LinkedIn and at NACD underscore RD on Twitter. Don't hesitate to reach out to us with story ideas, questions, or concerns. We can be reached at communications at NACD.com. For now, we'll catch you on the next episode of Chemline.